Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Road to Rank podcast. My name is Dr. Steven Kruger, and I'm here to give you advice for a successful residency match. Thank you so much for joining me today. It has been quite some time since I last recorded one of these podcast episodes, and the reason for that is residency. I have been so crazy busy in the last few months, in the best way, of course. I'm now seven months or so into my first year of dermatology training. I've been having so much fun, learning so much, seeing patients. It's been great, but I feel like I have not had a free minute to devote to you listeners who are trying to match into a residency of your own. So I'm excited to be back and talking to you today. In today's episode, I want to discuss forming your rank list. This is obviously a crucial part uh, for you fourth-year applicants applying this year. You've done all the work to send out the best application possible, interview at programs, and put your best foot forward on the interview day. And now it's really uh, up to you to form the list of programs that you really want most to train at. And so my hope today is that I can give you some of my own tips and tricks for the process that'll help you build a rank list that makes the most sense for you. Now, before we begin, I do want to give my disclaimer, which you've heard from me many times now, that what's contained in this podcast is really and truly my advice only and should not be taken as the end-all be-all. In this process of forming your rank list specifically, the decision really is a personalized and an individualized one, so you need to make sure that you're prioritizing what matters the most to you, and that may not be the same as what mattered the most to me when I made my list. Okay, so let's get started. So what is truly the best strategy for putting together your rank list? Well, first off, let me just say I was all about my massive spreadsheet when I started the application process. I had this big Google spreadsheet uh, that had an applications tab and a basically impressions tab. So the applications tab, I had information like details about the program, um, their average step one score, the geographic region of the country, the number of positions they had, and the number of interviews they typically offered, any friends I had around that area, unique features of the program. Uh, And then I did document when I received uh, an interview request or a rejection from the program. Then I had an impressions tab, and this is what I would fill in after each interview day, and I was that guy at the interview day feverishly taking notes at each of the programs uh, with every little bit of minutia I could collect. And then I would import my handwritten notes into the spreadsheet basically that same day or, or maybe a day or two later. So in that main 
spreadsheet, the types of information I was including was a few words about the pre-interview dinner and how that went, what the feel of it was like, what the vibe was like mostly, although I did make some notes about the types of food they served and whether the program paid for drinks and things like that. Um, Then I put down a breakdown of the interview day, kind of how it went, what I talked about with various people along the interview speed dating session. I then wrote down some notes about the curriculum structure at each program. So for example, did they have weekly protected time for conferences? Who gives the lectures? Are there any other unique highlights of the didactic schedule at a program? My next category was the rotation schedule. So essentially, I wanted to know all the nitty-gritty details of the weekly schedule, the monthly, and even the annual schedule at a program. And I wanted to know about exposure to various subspecialties uh, that the program offered. So for dermatology specifically, I mentioned what kind of exposure I would have to Mohs surgery, Uh, pediatric dermatology, dermatopathology, or cosmetic dermatology. And I would talk more about the strength of training I thought I would get in each of those subspecialties. So I think that's an important point to document when it comes to the overall strength of a program. I next wrote down some notes about the geographic area that I was interviewing in. So I would include things like the size of the city, the culture of the people there, things there were to do in the area, and the cost of living, especially. I did make note of some of the benefits uh, within each program, so things like an educational stipend, how much vacation time you receive, and whether the program gives any time off to attend things like local or national conferences, which are important to me and a great opportunity for networking that uh, happens in residency. And then I made a note of any other little perks that were involved in, in training at that program. I then made a note of who the key people were at each program. So, you know, typically I would include, of course, the chair of the Department of Dermatology, the program director, and anyone else that I felt like made a lasting impression on me from my short time with them in an interview, or even if I spent a full four-week rotation with that program, kind of who stood out to me. And essentially, this is because I felt at that time, and I still feel like, a program is only as strong as the people who work there and teach there. I did try to list out who the residents were that I interviewed with at each program, and most importantly, did I enjoy spending time not just with all of the residents, but specifically those who I knew would become my future seniors when I arrived at the program? Did the residents seem happy? What were their clinical and research interests? And To be honest, what did they do for fun after work? Were they people that I could see myself hanging out with and spending so many hours each week together with? I had kind of a fun little category on this, again, crazy spreadsheet of mine uh, that I called philosophy. So in this section, I kind of just included little phrases or quotes that really struck me during a program's interview day. One funny one from the University of Minnesota 
someone said, there's no such thing as cold weather, just poor preparation. So I kind of put that fun quote into this section just to remind me of um, not only the cold weather in Minnesota, but also kind of the fun vibe of uh, some of the residents who made light of that, which I thought was pretty cool. One group referred to themselves as, quote unquote, a totally resident-centric program which I thought was pretty impressive and I think speaks a lot to the culture of that program. I asked pretty much every program about teaching opportunities that they offered because that's something that's really important to me. I asked about recent changes to the program and I felt like this would help highlight feedback mechanisms that were in place, responsiveness to resident concerns, and areas of growth overall. And then I had a section for lingering questions that I still had about certain programs. And I did this just in case I was deciding between two really closely ranked programs on my list and whether I needed to reach back out to a resident or an attending at a program to get some of those questions answered and any other clarification I felt like I needed. And then once I put all of this information into my spreadsheet, I would end with a potential rank. And at first I wanted to give a a specific number and, and it was just too early in the process before finishing the interview season to do that. So what this ended up being was, would this program be ranked highly on my list, low on my list, or somewhere in the middle, mid high, mid low, something like that. Now, when all was said and done, I probably didn't even use half of the information I put into that spreadsheet to make my final rank list. But at least having all that information made me feel like I really knew these programs as well as I possibly could and that I was leaving no stone unturned and making this decision with a lot of thought and effort. So now let me go through exactly how I ranked programs in order. I had been given the advice to actually split up your list of programs into a top, middle, and lower tier. This was pretty easy for me to do. Again, I had basically been doing something similar all throughout the interview season. And when it came time to start ranking, I started with the bottom tier first to make sure that I gave those programs just as much attention as I did the top programs on my list. Next, I used a big note card, one for each program, And in the top corner, I would write the location and the distance away from home. I listed the top three pros and the top three cons for each program. And I laid out all of the note cards on a big table. And that made the ranking process a much more kind of visual and active experience for me. So when it comes time to get down into the weeds and you have to start figuring out which program's going to be one versus two on your list or five versus six or even 15 versus 16 or 17 versus 18 if you're that lucky, uh, really what you want to consider is the overall reputation of the program. You want to think about strengths and weaknesses in terms of your own career interests within a specialty. Of course, you're going to be thinking of location. And then don't forget about the personal side of things. Are you bringing a spouse with you to wherever you move for residency? Do they have job opportunities there? Will they fit in socially in whatever area you bring them? 
So you want to be considering kind of all of those things. I would say for me personally, out of all of those little details I collected from each program on their interview day, I really kind of boiled everything down to a much simpler formula. I gave the highest priority to proximity to my family in New England and the strength of the clinical training I would receive. Then next was the overall culture of a program, followed by exposure to all of the subspecialties within dermatology, and then finally kind of the specifics of the curriculum at each program. I'm not going to lie, it was not an easy thing to do. It's a process that takes hours and I wouldn't necessarily try to do it all in one sitting. Go back to it, revisit it, and shuffle things around if you think that's best. But in the end, you kind of just have to go with your gut and submit it. Don't forget to rank programs in the order of your true preference and not where you think you'll match because the algorithm really does work in the applicant's favor. I do want to mention here the topic of post-interview communication. This is a very sticky subject and I would just tread really carefully. Some applicants do choose to send one program a message saying that they will be their top-ranked program on their list and this can be very helpful for your chances at matching at that program. But please be very careful then about any communication you have with any of the other programs on your list. So for example, if you tell another program that you ranked them somewhere at the top of your list and you don't end up matching there, that could have serious implications and stay with you for the rest of your career. You know some of these specialties are very small and people do talk. If your gut feels funny about sending a certain email, do not send it. Hopefully your application and your interview at the program spoke loud enough. Uh, it's really not necessary to have any post-interview communication other than a thank you note, of course. So I would say it's better to just leave things as they are. I personally did not receive any rank-to-match calls or emails from programs. I do know that this is still something that certain programs are sending out. To be honest, I think it does uh, make for a pretty awkward interaction, especially if you don't share the same love for a program. But just be aware that that could happen and kind of plan for a strategy on how you're going to respond to those types of calls or emails. Don't rank any program you do not want to train at because this does represent a binding commitment to train wherever you match. But I'm assuming that you'd rather train at your least favorite program than go unmatched completely, so you should make sure to include all of the programs you interviewed at on your list. I would strongly suggest submitting your rank list several days ahead of the deadline, which for this year is February 26th of 2020 at 9 o'clock p.m., just knowing that the servers can be overloaded and crashes have happened in the past. In general, it's a pretty bad idea to make last-minute changes to your rank order list. As I just said, this is a process that takes hours and a lot of thought to make, don't change things at the 11th hour. A lot of times people will just regret that and wish that they had gone with their gut like I mentioned. I should say just a quick word about the supplemental rank order list. 
which is where you rank prelim programs if you're applying to one of the advanced specialties like derm, radiology, anesthesia, or radonc. Uh, you do have the option to fill out several versions of that list depending on where you match for the advanced specialty. To be honest, I, I ended up just making one supplemental rank list since the prelims I applied to were all pretty much within the same geographic area, but you should know that that's an option for you as well. For me, when I ranked my prelim programs, this was a very different process from ranking dermatology programs, and to be honest, it should be for you too. Since I was only spending one year at a prelim program, I placed an even higher value on some of the logistical things, like I wanted to know their block structure and how much inpatient versus outpatient or elective time they offered. I wanted to know about vacation time. I was getting married during my intern year and I wanted to make sure I'd have some time for a honeymoon after my wedding. I wanted to make sure I would have my wedding day off. And then of course, this is all in addition to thinking about the quality of the prelim training, uh, the program reputation, and the people that you'd be working with throughout that year. Now I did add a few of my top prelim programs to the very end of my primary rank list, just in the off chance that I did not match to any dermatology program. This would allow me to match to a PGY-1 prelim program only, which was my personally my own backup plan. Please consider this carefully. Everybody should know their plan B option in the worst case scenario, and you should be making this decision only after you've thought about all of those options. So for me, the option was to complete a PGY one year and then reapply to dermatology, but that decision is different for everybody, so consider that carefully. I'm not really going to go into couples matching during this episode. Uh, if you are couples matching, I feel for you. I know it's a hectic process. I would suggest you reach out to someone in your student affairs office for help forming these combined rank lists. And of course, you should be reaching out to other friends you know who have actually been through that process because it's very nuanced. And on that note, please be sure to visit the website www.nrmp.org for all the information you need to both register and certify your rank list before the upcoming deadline. I think I've hit on all the major points I wanted to get across to you all about ranking programs, and I hope this episode was helpful. I hope it gave you a sense of how I personally approached the process, and I hope it gave you some idea of how to get started with this. It's going to take a long time. It's going to be one of the hardest and most kind of intense decisions of your life. Make sure to include other people in the decision. And once it's submitted, let that load fall off your shoulders and just look forward to the match day. You've worked really hard for this and you deserve a great match at a great program that fits you really well. So good luck. Well, that about wraps up today's episode. As always, you can reach out to me at steven at roadtorank.com. I'm always happy to field your questions, feedback about the podcast, or topics you'd like me to discuss. I'd also love it if you could give Road to Rank a five-star rating so that other students can discover the advice within this podcast. 
Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.